Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Actually, it's Zolgad and uh, Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins, my buddy. It's time for Conduits of Trouble because every week we get together and discuss enough subjects to get us into some type of trouble. Chipper, um... I'm going to start you off with the Vikings. What mm-hmm. what do you make of the 2020 once one and five now six and six Minnesota Vikings? Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I'll ask me on Sunday. That's what I, I keep think, saying too. I, honestly, I, I I think you have to give them credit for staying engaged um, after one and five, both mentally and competitively. Because I think at that point we were all saying, you know, just blow it up, fire everybody, trade everybody, tank. Um, but, you know, I, we knew the schedule was going to get easier. And they had those three home games and at home. Um, and so I think you have to give them credit for, for – I think they have improved, Judd. I don't – the quarterbacks played better. The defense has played better. You found a star wide receiver. Um, but – I think we'll know more Sunday. Now, granted, Tampa Bay has their issues too, but they're obviously a, a jump up from what you know the competition we've been seeing. So I think this is. Remember, when was it? A couple of weeks ago, we felt like it was a a barometer game or a statement game to kind of show where they're at. But this one feels more so to me, doesn't it? You? I agree completely. And the thing about about this team that's weird is is this. The different ways that you can um, think about this team. I mean, okay, so to your point, Chipper, they get off to a terrible start. They come back uh, post bye week and have and have won what five of six games, mm-hmm. and so that's a positive. But then I also default back to, but you lost to Dallas at, at home, and you really in big in the big picture barely beat Carolina and Jacksonville. You know, yeah. and so if you lose either of those games, it's all of a sudden a one and two home stand, and either of those defeats, much like the Dallas loss, would have been absolutely terrible. So I really go back and forth um, in trying in trying to not get too excited about what they've done, because while they get credit for it, um, they have still beaten one team, one winning team. That was the Packers in Green Bay. So I'm with you. I really have to see Sunday what they look like when I think they're at least going to be tested by not a good team, but at least a solid yeah. team. Well, is that fair? 
Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, you know, it, it's so weird because – and you could play this game all day, right? I mean, we should remember Parcells' quote, you are what you re- your record says you are. But, yep. you know, they had one-point losses at Seattle and against the Titans. I know. So – and it, it should have, could have, would have, but they should have won the game in Seattle, you know? I mean, <laughs> you, that game was right there for you, you to win. You could have won the game in, in, in Tennessee. And so you look at that and then – you counterbalance that with the Falcons game last week, the week before that against Carolina, where they just make these horrendous plays and look flat. Um, so I honestly don't know what this team is. <laughs> I think they're probably I just, that. I think they're just the definition of mediocre, right? You're going to see some really nice moments and some really bad moments and a lot in between. Um, but I still think because of the, how bad the NFC is on the bottom that, you know, I think you're gonna have to go three and one, right? So you're gonna have to win this game and hold serve against the two terrible teams you play, or, or win at New Orleans. Yes. Um, so I think this is probably the one that you want to try to get. But you know, maybe without Eric Kendricks, it looks like he didn't practice again today. This is Thursday, so. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's probably just a mediocre team where you're gonna see a just all all you know all across the spectrum um and and those teams are hard to identify not they're easy to see they're hard to get your arms around like what they are um because just when you think okay this team's awful they're out of it they do something that surprises it and then when you maybe get your hopes on thinking this team's pretty good they play like they did the last two weeks you're like okay maybe they're not so good. <laughs> no they're not that good. I, I don't know i don't know i honestly they're 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 confounding to try to figure out so the fly in the ointment to what you're saying, and I agree with all your points, Chip, the fly in the ointment, though, goes back to the fact that the conference, I think, stinks. So, like, there's nobody in the conference where you say, okay, if you play them, you're dead, right? Like, yeah. if, if they were going to play the Chiefs, I would say that's going to be it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's the thing about this is I don't think that they have a playoff run in them. I really don't. But when I examine the rest of the NFC uh, right now, I also don't see. I also see teams that are flawed as well. And like, if the if golf's playing well, I think the Rams are good. But yeah. he is a week to week guy who we don't know how he's going to play. Uh, if if and when Drew Brees comes back, we don't know how he's going to, to play. And obviously, the Vikings beat them in the playoffs last year. So what makes this conference so weird is the fact that there is not that one. There's not those one or two teams where you say. If you play them, it is over. No, without doubt. And, I mean, right now, would you say the Saints are the best team? Yes. Probably. Um, so, you know, that wouldn't be a good matchup. But, you know, the Packers are up there. They, they've won at Green Bay. Um, and that defense is not that, you know, it's just not no, that good, Chip. No, and, and the Seahawks, you know, it, 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 you know they, they gave them, they took them right down to, took a, Russell Wilson magic to, to, you know, for them to win at home against the Vikings. So it's, it's not like they got bombed out there. Um, so there's, there is not that it's not like the AFC where you feel like there's three, you know, really tough teams that, you know, you, you're probably not going to stack up with, but, um, but I still think this team has so uh small margin for error defensively. Yes. 
Agreed. I mean, just Completely. just defensively, it feels like sometimes they're just hanging by a thread. They are too. Um, and, and so, if you go up against a really good quarterback in the playoffs, is that defense going to be able to hold up? Uh, I don't know. This don't know. is is Chip from a coaching standpoint. I think this is Zimmer's best job defensively that we've seen because I think it's him. I think this is yeah. smoke and mirrors and and um, you know scotch tape, and I think he is basically week to week trying to coach uh, th- these guys as much as possible. And, but, you know, if Kendricks does not play, okay, yeah, you are down to what? Todd Davis playing substantial time? Todd yeah. Davis? Um, <laughs> and the cornerbacks are improving, but they're still young. So I really do think that in the big picture of things, Zimmer is doing a great job with really, really minimal talent beyond Kendricks. Harrison Smith and guys like that. Oh, who was it? Uh, Brailford? Is that- <laughs> yeah, Jordan Brailford playing his first game. But I mean, they, he, it, he it's an incredible it, thing. Yeah, what was it? He had the sack or the fumble or whatever. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> he forced a fumble, right? He forced one, and I, I think he he got, got half a sack on the uh, the yeah. safety against Mike Glennon. Well, it was funny. I'm look, looking at the roster. I'm like, Brailford. Where where did this guy come? I know. From? I'm with you too. But, and that's, you're, you're probably right about them as best coaching because in years past with that defense, think about when they were, you know, a top five defense. I mean, you had Everson Griffin, Pro Bowl. Um, Anthony Barr has been to Pro Bowl. Kendra's Pro Bowl. Yep. Harrison Smith. Xavier Rose has been to a Pro Bowl. Um, Linval Joseph has been, been to a Pro Bowl. So, I mean, you had a lot of high-priced stars, guys that were among the best at their positions in the NFL. I mean, other than Kendricks right now. I mean, <laughs> would you say that? You know, it's just it, you're right. He's he's mit, uh, mixing and matching and relying on you know their cornerbacks that they put out there on a given year. If you had veteran cornerbacks, how many of those guys would be playing? Right. I mean, oh yeah. Guys that, Chris Boyd would be nowhere near no. the field, and you know he's trying hard, but my God. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, it probably is. Um, I don't know where they rank. Team total defense, scoring defense. I mean, they started off so poorly. They're still pretty low. Yeah, I mean, scoring defense. I mean, the first couple of weeks was just atrocious. Yes, like, it's hard to dig out of that hole. But, um, but I, I, I do think, you know, that there's definitely improvement there from what we saw early on. Mm-hmm. But against a good offense, you know, I still it, it, it would be you would want your offense to score 30 points, <laughs> say that. And I, and I think the offense is capable of that. Yep. I mean, they're, they're averaging like right at 27. And I looked at the other day, they're, you know, if they averaged a point more, I think they'd be in the top eight or something like that. So um, so offensively, you're getting probably what you thought. And I just think going forward, they're going to have to, you know, that offense is going to have to score 25 to 30 points for them to win because I think the defense is just, just still so vulnerable. Speaking of that, uh, Chip Scoggins, what is your opinion as we chat right now about Kirk Cousins? He's definitely played better. I mean, we can't we can't deny that. And um, Andrew Kramer from my colleague did the uh, his his weekly film review um, from this past week, and he got hit more than he has in his career. Yes, uh, and fourteen uh, times. Four, I believe it was fifty dropbacks, fourteen hits, four sacks. Yeah, and it felt like it felt like a lot. I didn't realize that was most of his career, and he took a couple big shots. And the one it almost kind of woke him up a little bit, right? He had a he really took a big shot. I think he might have got a personal foul on it. 
um, a roughing the passer. But then he, he complete like three or four passes right in a row after that. Um, he's, you know what? Now I know he took a couple sacks. We held on to the ball, but I'd, I would rather him do that than <laughs> yeah. than throw a pick or you know. And he held on to the ball. He didn't fumble it. Yeah. Um, he's been, you know, against the pressure, he's been pretty darn good. I mean, he's you just look at his numbers. I mean, I went back and looked at from the you know the one and five versus the five and one. I mean, it's just it's dramatic his production. How much? It, I think he's had what two interceptions during this time? Three? Yes. Nope. Two. Versus, versus two versus ten in the first six games. Yep. I mean, he's just he's playing winning football. I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that, right? Definitely. I, what's What's weird is I guess my question is is if and when the um the um gas gauge hits E on Dalvin Cook, which might happen at some point here. Not, uh, if, you hear, not if you listen to Dalvin. I know. And God bless him. You know what? He's a marvelous player. He and not admit it, will I? <laughs> but, and I appreciate that. And he shouldn't. I get all yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but if, if he does go out, which, which I think has to be at least considered a possibility at some point here, um, is Kirk going to be able to operate at the same efficiency? Because I do think that the majority of teams are still mainly concerned with Cook. And and I just I watch Cook Chipper now, and especially against the Jags, you, you can just yeah. see w- with that ankle now being off that that burst was not there, and just yeah. I I feel like the Vikings are pressing this as much as they possibly can, and I don't I don't know where or if there is a finish line for Cook, but I don't know that it's going to be game sixteen at the rate they're going. Well, and that's the thing is is. You're right, and it, that's the exact word I was thinking. Burst. We just we just haven't seen it. Like you know, against the Packers and those couple games where he just was a one man show. I mean, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he was going to break it. Now it just feels like it's a grind, yes. right? And yes, um, he does look. He doesn't look healthy. I don't know if it's if he's tired or if he's just that ankle is just not healthy or it's both. Probably not right. Yeah. Um, are you buying them's? Because he said it a couple times this week that. The Jaguars and Carolina both defended them differently than our teams in terms of really rushing, you know, more people, setting the edge, not letting him bounce things outside. Run and blitzes, basically. It, it, yeah, run blitzes, and if, if yep. cousins happens to uh, if cousins happens to throw the ball, they're going to get pressure on him. Um, maybe teams are starting to you know do that more, and and now they're facing Tampa, which apparently. is one of the most blitz happy teams in the in the league, so this will be interesting to see. It's almost like Zimmer was sending a message through the media, like, okay, we're going to be ready for that, and we're going to do different things. I don't know if it's if the screen game is going to be a big part of it this week, just kind of quick hitting stuff to kind of counteract that that rush. Um, but it sort of felt like there's a chess game going on now that now that teams are really trying different things with Dalvin to stop him. Yeah, and so the the uh the Bucks and the Saints are 1-2 in the league in stopping the run chip and they are I believe uh by far in a way the best. I think mm-hmm. the third team uh in the league in stopping the run is far behind those two teams and the Bucks are one. So, I guess my question on Sunday is going to come down to this. And I think the possibility exists. I don't know if it's going to happen though. Can Kirk win this game? for you if Dalvin is almost completely removed from the game, uh, at least from a uh, rushing the ball standpoint. And heck, you know what? With Thielen and Jefferson, that, yeah. sh- that sh- should be a possibility. But the one thing that we can't quantify that I always come back to with Kirk is 
I think Kirk has the physical attributes to be fantastic. Yeah. To me, it's always between his ears. So if he starts a game against Tampa Bay, and and you know as well as I do, he's going to be think, thinking, I'm playing Brady, I'm playing, you know, greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to literally put the ball in his hands and say, Kirk, you, you have the ability, you know, gosh darn it, you're good enough, you're smart <laughs> enough, go Stuart Smalley. Uh, does Kirk have the ability on the road to thrive? And And until I start to see that consistently, I don't know. But I think that Sunday is going to provide a great test to see if this offense can sort of play inside out. And instead yeah. of being from Dalvin, then to Kirk, then to Je- to Jefferson and Thielen, can you have the starting point be Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, with Dalvin still being a threat, but not yeah. being but not being the primary he touched the ball 28 times threat? Yeah, and it's, we sort of had this conversation right when they played the Bears um, there. Yes, we did. Um, because... You know the Bears aren't as good as as Tampa, but that's a respectable defense. We knew they're you know with with Hicks and and those guys they have up front that they were going to be tough to run against. And we we said, well, well the Vikings stick with it if it's not working, and they did. I mean, Dalvin had did he have thirty carries that night? I think it was close to it, if not more. Um, but he didn't have a huge rushing total until Hicks went out, and he got but, beat up, and he got beat up badly. But, yes, but, but they stuck with it yep. enough, so it wasn't entirely on Cousins' shoulders, but he made huge plays that game. He did, um, but the Bear, but the Bears also, because they're so inept offensively, couldn't score. Could, well, so the question yeah. is, Tampa's going to score. Can you equal that? Can you match that? That Yeah, there you go. And I would I, I would trust Dillon and Jefferson. And it sounds like they're going to get Irv Smith back, too. But, I mean, God, you got two star wide receivers, you know? I mean... I would trust him and 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 trust Kirk that to get the ball in their hands and they're in a pretty good groove right now in the passing game. I would I'm not saying come out and swing it 55 times, you know, but if it's if it's a pretty good balance where even if Dalvin doesn't get 100 yards if he's getting 24 carries, you know. Yep. Um just enough to keep them guessing to keep the play action uh, as as a you know a possibility. Yep. I think Cousins, you know, he has some good targets, and I think he's in a pretty good rhythm with uh, Kubiak. And so, yeah, it, it, you said it right. It's not like we've never seen him do it. I mean, heck, he won in, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. but it's consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Can he consistently do that? Where you know, you just—it's almost like now when he does something in the fourth quarter, it's like, oh. Are, it's like this big surprise, and it's like, well, he's done it. Like he's never done it, so let's, you know. Not too much, though. You are correct about that. But it, but it is, but it is just the consistency and doing it over and over and over. You're not going to be hundred. You know, you're not going to bat a thousand on it. But right. Um. But you know, just more than every now and again. So I don't know. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach it because I just they're not going to abandon the run just because Tampa's number one in run defense. They're still going to try to establish that, but it. It'll be interesting. I mean, you know, Dalvin again yesterday. I feel great. My body feels great, you know, but it didn't look like it. God, uh, bl- God bless him for saying that. <laughs> I mean, he is beat to a pulp, and he's still trying to, to say, mm-hmm. oh, come on, man, I can carry the ball more. It's like, Dalvin, you're not going to be able to walk by the time you're 40. You realize that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I do wonder long term just how many – 
I mean, he's on pace. I think Andrew looked up or, or Ben from my paper to eclipse Peterson's touches from his MVP. Year. Oh, by yeah, by quite a bit, I believe. He's talking like historic stuff here. Is yes. So, um, you, you do wonder, like, if I'm Dalvin. Yep. At the end of this year, I'll say I'll see you at training camp. Don't talk to me about OTAs. Don't talk to me about. <laughs> Don't the old Chester Taylor, camp. I'm out of here. See you, Chester. I will, I will see you at training camp. I don't hear about off-season workouts. I'm not coming. I'm not doing it. I'm going to Maui. I'm going to sit on the beach, and I'll be back in July, you know, because he, he's earned it. I mean, I, his body, I'm sure it's going to take a while to recover after this year. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and two, the, the thing is, I understand his importance, and he is fantastic. Um, but I do, I do go down the path as well of saying, if you're going to touch the ball this much, like, is that taking a year off the back end here of the career? Is that taking two years? So I, it's an interesting dance. And I, I think that this is why as good as cook is, this is why you ordinarily don't pay backs a ton because you basically use them up as quickly as possible. Now, I mean, that is the one thing that I, I will say is, Peterson was and pretty much still is a freak. Like the well, fact that he's still yeah, playing, physically. most yeah. guys are long gone. I mean, by his age, they are long gone. So yeah, I mean, I think he is a different caliber uh, physical specimen. Where you know he just every year he came back and you know raised the bar higher. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we can compare him to that. It is, it is interesting. I'd be curious to see you know a study of the year after a running back has, you know, a, a high percentage of carries and, and if there's a dip, if it, you know, uh, I'm sure there is just kind of residual wear and tear, but, um, yep. but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this is how Zimmer wants to play it. And, and, um, they have a lot of faith in Dalvin to recover and it sounds like he's done some different things last off season kind of prepare his body for this. Yeah, like, I don't think you, you can know. prepare for this though. But how do you? I, mean, I don't think you can. Kind of hits. I mean, what do you yeah. you know, you can do all of the stuff you want, but I mean some is, um but uh, I wrote this after the game son uh, last Sunday, John. Don't you sit there and watch sometimes and just say throw Jefferson the ball like 20 times. I don't care what the number is. Just throw in the ball. Well, He's going to He's going to catch it, or he's going to get a pass interference uh, uh, call. You know, he's just that. Yeah, he's that good. This is crazy. It's unbelievable. So, Chip, I I looked this up this week. I don't know if I've got the stats here in my notes or not, but I actually found that that twelve games in uh, to his rookie season in '98, Moss didn't have near the amount of targets or receptions that Jefferson has right now. But to what you're saying, because I don't disagree. I think the maddening thing on Sunday was the Vikings played the first half that they were awful. It was absolutely brutal. Sleepy. And he had two targets and two catches. And that's where I objected. I said, how can you not? I mean, how do you have a guy who's as big a threat and as dangerous as Jefferson is? You've got Cousins, who, by the way, can get him the ball. Like, Kirk can make those throws. Mm -hmm. How how do you play um, 30 minutes of football and have Justin Jefferson have two targets. And, and I think he, he had 10 in the final two quarters. So he had yeah. 12, which looks fine on the stat sheet, but that's where I'm with you is okay. You're playing that poorly against a bad team. 
and their secondary against Justin Jefferson has absolutely no chance, and you're going to throw him the ball twice in the first two quarters, Yeah, I'm with you completely. Yeah, that's where you're like, just whatever your best play is for him, manufacture it. Like, I'm manufacturing touches for him because he's that good. Um, And it is interesting, that last drive in regulation, which the Zimmer timeout and then the third and one bomb the field, and I, I have no idea what that was. But oh, the bad idea is what that was, Chip. Yeah, it was third and seven. Yep. And you know, it was pretty pivotal play. Is like he's going to he looked right at Jeffrey. That was his first read. It's like it's interesting that you know twelve games in his career, like he has that kind of confidence, both the coaches and cousins, that I'm going to the rookie because he's going to get open, he's going to catch it. Yep. Um, he's just that good, and and um, yeah, I mean. It's interesting that so with Moss, it was just more he caught a lot of deep balls. Yes, because the yardage is is you know ridiculous. More, but he, he had yeah a lot more more of those bombs than, than Jefferson. But Jefferson is just I mean his route running Judd is he he just he's like a he's like a veteran right now. It's, I know you know it's hard to come up with a, enough superlatives. But and you pair him with Thielen, that's why I think this weekend is like don't be shy, you know don't be hesitant to, if the run's not working. I don't say you bail on it completely, but man, you know, I would come out and just try to soften them up, hit them a couple quick. If they're going to blitz, hit them with a couple quick hitters mm-hmm. on, you know, slants or, or screens. And that's where, and that's where they make it the ball to Dalvin too. A couple of those little dump off screens when the rush is flying at him. I mean, we've seen Dalvin be really effective on those screens. So um, I think that's one way they can possibly try to slow that down a little bit. 38. 38- Touches, Chipper. 38 touches. The second most for a non-quarterback, though, in Vikings history. And I love the fact it came against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-10. and 10. So yeah. so I, I do think that if if you think, you, you know, is Zim going to lay off going to cook a little bit? I mean, is Zim going to? No. The answer is, unequivocally, no, he's not. And, and there is no way, to be clear, there is no way that Koobs is basically saying, you know what, Mike, we need more cook. He knows that Cook is beat up to hell, definitely. Yeah. And I think Mike just keeps saying, yeah, but you're going to feed him the ball, right? Yeah, but don't you in your heart of hearts, Judd, think at the beginning of last week that Kubiak and Zimmer said, okay, we're playing Jacksonville. This will be the perfect time to get Alex Madison some carries. And and you're playing a bad team, and Dalvin's beat up. Let's get Madison. He's fresh. Give him a bunch of carries. And, oh, by the way, he has an emergency appendectomy. And yeah. then you get into it. Then you get into a, a close game that you didn't think it'd probably be close. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, you have to give Dalvin thirty-eight carries. I mean, I'm sure that was not what they <clears throat> envisioned going into that game. And and Madison, I mean, you know, if he had this, you know, if they did the cut on the stomach, I don't know when he's going to be able to come back. I mean, it's, I had that procedure done, and it's you know, you have a big scar on your stomach, you know. So I, I don't know if he had that or the the one where they, the less invasive one, but if, if they had to, you know, do the surgery where he cut, I mean, you're talking about a couple of weeks, I would guess. Are you, you saying know? that they don't trust Mike Boone completely? Are you trying <laughs> you to tell carries? me, are you, you trying to carries? tell me they don't trust Mike Boone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, not when you're six and six and in the playoff hunt now. I mean, that's the thing is like, it'd be really nice to have Dalvin, a uh, semi-fresh Dalvin right now. Of, 100%, yeah. Instead of, oh my God, how much does he have left in the tank? And now you're, you know, you're at a four-game playoff push here, you know. The answer to that is no, you're not going to have a fresh Dalvin. So you think it's, they probably need three and one, right? Two and two probably won't get him there. 
Yeah, well, with the seventh playoff seed, two and two probably won't, but it wouldn't be shocking. But I think yeah. three and one is the safe route. Three yeah, and one is the safe breaker. route. And you, you know what? And you know what? If you don't beat the Buccaneers or Saints, you don't deserve it. So three yeah. and one to me is is fair. But it's also I, I almost need to see a win on Sunday or on Christmas Day at the Superdome for mm-hmm. me to buy in. Because like if you go two and two and you've now beaten, hey, we beat the Lions and Bears again, <laughs> and we're going to the playoffs, I'm going to be like, this is a bunch of crap. So yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. th- three and one means that you beat somebody. I wanted to see you beat almost certainly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you would if you go three and one, more than likely, you're beating a team that's. A playoff team, right? Yes, exactly. You're beating on the road too. On the road, yeah. Yep. And so that's why I think that changes perception. And that's what you know. I wrote that column Tuesday. It's like optics create perception, right? And all you can do is go by what you see. And and when you see a team struggle like they did the last two weeks against really bad teams, it's hard to say this is a playoff team. This is you know, it's, it's just you don't watch those. If you watch those two games the last two weeks and feel like that the Vikings are trying to do something big. Yep. <laughs> You're probably drinking the Kool-Aid because there was nothing about that that made you feel like they're on the verge of something big. No, the Jacksonville game was absolutely atrocious. It was an awful game. Yeah, it was It was about as, one, it was boring, but just just poorly played. All the fun, I mean, everything about it was just a disaster. So, yeah. But they won. Speaking of that, so, Chipper, your sport. College football, my yeah. man. We are we are pushing through to get done here. This this has turned into just an absolute slog. I mean, with canceled yeah. games yeah. and sick coaches and sick players. Um, I, I knew it would be difficult when they started. I yeah. guess I didn't envision how ugly it would actually get. And I think they're going to get done, but it's not pretty. Yeah, uh, PJ said this week that, he used the number 82. 82 games have been either postponed or canceled, Ooh. which... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I buy it. I buy it, what he's selling. Uh, yeah, it's probably right, because I mean, the last couple of weeks it's been 15, 16, 18, so I, I totally... It makes sense. And, yeah, I mean, I think they'll get to the playoff, but um, I was just looking before you called me here. Uh, Boston College, I, I think it's 6-5. and five. And they came out and said, you know what, we're not going to go to a bowl game. Don't pick us. Uh, we're ready to be done. There should and be no bowl games other than the playoff. The playoff, yeah. And it's it, the coach just said, um, and I'm, I'm writing this for, for my Gopher Advance for Saturday, but the Boston College coach said, my kids are just mainly exhausted from this. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I You know, it really dawned on me this week, Judd, just um, – how diligent and how much this weighs on the athletes, the daily testing. And I, Patino, I was talking to him on Zoom about it, and he said, you know, their players, the basketball players are getting tested every day now, the antigen test, and they get the results in 15 minutes. And, you know, they get there at 8 a.m. and they take the test, and he said, you're just sitting there waiting for the thumbs up or thumbs down every day. Yep. And knowing you may feel fine, knowing you may have it, and if, if you, you know, if you test positive, then you have to go do a, a PCR test just to confirm it wasn't a, a false positive. But if you get the thumbs down, you're done for 21 days. And just a daily, day after day after day of going through that, he says, it's, just, it's a grind. It's, there's, a, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. And I asked Tanner Morgan about it. And 
He said, absolutely. It's, you know, knowing your season could be over today. You go take your test, it could be over. And just the uncertainty of day-to-day, am I going to test positive today? Because, you know, there's an outbreak on your team. And, and he talked about it's simple things like this, Joe. Like, if he wants to see his girlfriend, she has to get tested. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, after games, his parents go to games, and, you know, his dad, uh, fortunately now, is doing better after having cancer. But they go to games, and he sees them afterwards. He has to stay far away um, when he's talking to him. He, he doesn't hug them or he doesn't um, get close to them. He, you know, he wears masks and social distances. So stuff like that, I think it just – I think it's just weight on these teams. How it really, it how really is weight on them? On earth are we going to come away from college football basketball, Chip, without uh, players now be- being paid? Like this has proven yeah. to me. Like the, these are these are employees. Like they mm-hmm. and by the way, they are saving the day absolutely. Because if if they had all banded together and said we ain't playing. Guess what? Yeah. TV's out. So I really, if there was ever a case that these kids deserved compensation, and I'm talking above and beyond uh, books and education, I'm talking flat-out yeah. compensation, we are getting it right now. I mean, these players are are saving their conferences by playing games, and you're right. I'm sure it's a pain. I'm sure it's tough. And if you're a professional and get paid, that's fine. But they're yeah, not, and, and, and they should get paid. They really should. Well, and let's let's be honest. Why are they having this season? For TV. Because they need the TV money. They need their money. Absolutely. That's my point. These these schools, these athletic departments are so far in debt right now because of lost revenue. They need that TV money. And so, you know, and I've been one champion saying, hey, you have to give this a try. Because I do think there is, you know, there's a mental health component of, the stress and anxiety of going through this testing and everything you're doing. But I also think there is some enjoyment of having a normalcy in your life. And these guys love football and they're getting to play. So I think there's, you know, the benefit of that, but, um, but they're absolutely, I mean, the, the, the big 10 is doing this because they need the money. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. These, these athletes should be paid. And, and I know people are saying, well, they get a full ride. Don't stop, stop. That argument is, We've heard that argument for decades. It doesn't hold water anymore. Not not when you look at the amount of revenue, billions being generated, and you know, coaches making five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year, and so it's they deserve more than books and board. I can tell you that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, why why did the Big Ten feel it necessary necessary to put the Buckeyes to reduce the amount of games? Because in my opinion. OSU was going to the college football playoff regardless. But my only thought was, uh, again, did TV come to the conference and say, we need Ohio State in that game? Because you know what, Chipper, if it's not them, um, I don't know that they get the eyeballs that they're going to. Well, that that makes the most sense to me because the college football playoff has them at number four right now. So they can play anybody, and I don't think they're going to drop. Agreed. And, and let's say, okay, let's say that Florida, let's say Florida beats Alabama in the uh, in the SEC championship game. Well, now now Ohio State has a problem because um, they may look at Florida and say, you know what, they're one of the four best. And especially if if uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame. Now, if Notre Dame beats Clemson. In the ACC, Clemson's out because they're going to have two losses, and it'll be you know having loss with Trevor Lawrence too. But but if Clemson beats Notre Dame and they still think those two are two 
and then if Alabama loses, they're still going to be in. Um, would they put Florida in at that point over Ohio State? Maybe, but but here's the thing. Them playing Northwestern, I don't think it's going to sway them any more than them playing Iowa or Nebraska or, no. or Gophers That's or what Michigan. I, I was thinking the same if, thing. If they think they're one of the four best teams right now, they're going to think that if they win whoever they play the next game. So it, it probably is just about – I don't buy that them playing Northwestern in a championship game – and if they win, the committee's like, well, whoa, did you see that? They beat Northwestern. I mean, I know Northwestern's a good team, but it's I think they're going to be in no matter what. Yes. And so it probably is about um, getting eyeballs on they're going to – because Ohio State's a draw. I mean, they are. They're a Absolutely. draw. Yeah. And so it probably is about that, you know. Last thing, go for men's basketball. How good do you think this team is? Mm, I said before the the – the season I wrote, I think they're a tournament team. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Judd. I mean, one, um, the newcomers look like they're playing um, the game's a little fast for them. Booth um, Gotch has, has been really good. Robbins has been slow. I know Patino's still high on him. He's a foul machine he, right now, he, yes. Booth Gotch is good. I agree. Booth Gotch is good, but it just looks like for Robbins – the game's a little fast. I mean, it's a big jump going from Drake to here. And so, and Judd, the other thing, the Big Ten is loaded. I mean, it is really good. I don't know if you've watched many of the teams, but holy cow, this is going to be a fun season because there are some definite heavyweights in the league this year. And so, uh, I, I do think they got more depth now. I, I like what they did the other night with Mashburn. Um, yes, and, yes, and anything yeah. coming off the bench, and yep. their bench guys gave them some lift, which we wouldn't have seen at all last year. But yep. uh, it's going to be a fight. They're going to have to scratch and claw to get to that tournament because I, I just think the Big Ten is so good this year. I think once they start playing Big Ten games, I think that that Carr is going to have to play as much as he did last year, which yeah, was a ton. 100%. And he's ba- he's basically there, Delvin Cook. Um, and I don't see a way around that. And Carr is really fun to watch, and he's mm-hmm. good. Uh, but you know the amount that he played last year. There were times where they showed him, and he looked absolutely spent. Well, at the end of games, he yeah. I don't run. know how you get around that though. Like I think Mashburn might be good eventually, and I do think he's got talent. Um, but I don't think there's in against good teams. I don't think there's going to be an extended period of time where you can take Marcus Carr off the floor and feel comfortable. That's just my guess. No, no, I don't. I, without doubt, and you know. It'll have to be put the ball in, in Gotch's hands and let him kind of facilitate everything while uh, Carr is getting a breather. But for them to be successful, they're going to have to get a lot more from their front court. I mean, Robbins is going to have to be a presence inside. And I mean, I know he's blocked some shots, but it's like defending the pick and roll, he's looked, uh, when he gets away from the basket, it, 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 it's become a problem. Yep. Um, they're going to stay out of foul trouble, and they're just going to have to get more from the front court. Um, Carr is special. I mean, he's, he's just a terrific player. Um, but you can't expect him to be great every night, right? <laughs> You're going to lose games can, if he's not. That's the problem. Can, that's the thing. Can he win when he has an off night? No. I, I don't think so. No, I don't I, think they can. Not, yeah, and so they, they're going to – some of these other guys are going to have to come along because I don't think you can expect him to play – I mean, great. I mean, games where they play in twenty-two or whatever it is, you can't expect them to be great twenty nights. Um, what do you think ha- happened to Gabe Kalsher's shot? It has to be mental at this point, confidence. 
right? Yeah. Because, I mean, and Patino said the other day that it's not, they don't see anything wrong with his, his uh, like his follow through or his mechanics or anything. I mean, it still looks pure and it's, they say, God, he's a great shooter in practice. So to me, it, it has to be some kind of mental hurdle at this point and just confidence. Um, and I know Patino's pumped him up. I was on the Zoom the other day and he said he has a coach that believes in him. I'm not just going to bench him because he's in a little bit of shooting slump because he does stuff defensively and all that, but they they can't have one of 10 shooting nights for him. I mean, he's got to be able to make some shots. I mean, that would, if they could get him going, then I'd feel differently about this team. Cause then you'd say, okay, you have Carr, Gotch and Kausler. And I mean, that's pretty good backcourt if, if he's making shots, but right now he's just not. And, you know, during that key stretch the other night against BC, when they got back in it, he was on the bench. They the backups brought energy in. And so I, I would guess it's mental at this point, don't you? Yes. Because these are, these are wide open shots. His confidence seems absolutely gone. Yes, I, I agree. So, you know, if he can get it back, I think they're a different team. But until mm-hmm. he does, it's it's still kind of the Marcus and, uh, and Gotch show at this point. All right, Bucks, Vikes, who do you got? We'll close it with that. I think I'm going to go Tampa in a close one, I just think. Um, defensively, you know, I just think Tampa has some weapons on the outside that are going to be tough for that secondary. I know that that offense has kind of been disjointed. Brady doesn't look like Brady, but um, they still have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. So I, I want to say I want to say Tampa in a close one. What's your pick? Uh, I'm going Vikings. Go Vikings. I'm going right. Vikings because I think that it's You're very. In? It's very. No, I'm putting the pressure on. I'm putting the pressure on my <laughs> expectations. <laughs> look, I, do something like do something right. L- like you were. You got off to that terrible start, and then two, you know, your credit post bye week started to turn things around and played well. Now I want to see because Tampa is. I, I think they've lost three or four. I mean, they are yeah. a beatable team. Brady is not Brady a- at this point. It definitely is not uh, going nearly as smoothly as they thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the only thing is, in fairness to the Vikings, I if Kendricks can't play, I think they're probably yeah, that's, so, like that's the one thing. That's the one yeah. thing because if Kendricks plays, I mean he's so damn good. But you know what? What the hell? I'm putting the pressure <laughs> on Cousins and Cook and the offense show and Coo- yeah, show us something. Don't you know? Don't come close to losing to Jacksonville and Carolina. So I'll talk to you, you next week, Chipper. All right. All right, brother. All right, brother. Bye bye. Chips Goggins, conduits of trouble. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.